Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. Awesome. Well, I've had a pretty big, pretty big week. Um, everyone, you know, I suppose you know heard about the. The flight that went down um, over over overseas, and I think it's important for the church this morning that we can we can really just lift those people up in prayer, and uh, for the families that have been affected with that, and just I don't know, you know, pray that you know for the crazy situation that that this world is in right now, and you know, it's it's tragic to to think that 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 could happen. That you know, over you know, two hundred and ninety odd people could just be their lives cut short so so quickly um, because of a, you know an act of craziness. So. I think this morning, just as a church, I think we can just, you know, pray for, um, you know, the victims of flight, was it NH17, and just for the families that are affected in Australia and, and all throughout the world. So let's just do that this morning. God, let's uh, really lift this situation to you up right now, God, and you know exactly what's going on, and I just, I just pray, God, just for, I don't know, you know, you say you, you make everything turn out for the good God. And, uh, you know, in our own heads, you know, that, that's hard to, to comprehend in a, in a time like this, God. But I just really pray, Lord God, that through this situation that, you know, the world can start to think about, you know, the place that it's in and, you know, and and where we're, where we're heading as, as, as a world. And I just pray, God, that, you know, as as Christians, we can put you at the top of, of our lives, Lord God, at the top of our world, Lord God, and make you the Godhead. And I just pray for every single person on that flight, Lord God, that, you know, um, I thank you that you love them first. I thank you you love them so much, number one. And I just, I just really pray for all the families that have been affected through this time, God. I just pray, Holy Spirit, you know, in you know, whatever way that, that you can, I just pray you're with those families, Lord God. You are showing, you know, your love is there for them as well. You know, I pray you can comfort them, Lord God, give them understanding. And I, I just pray, God, that, you know, as a, as a country that we can, we can band together and be able to, I suppose, you know, help those, those families and, and come together and just really be able to, I don't know, think about Australia. You know, what, what do we want to do with our, with our country? And, you know, what do we stand for with our country? And I just pray, God, that you are just with our politicians right now, God, that, you know, making, making choices and decisions, Lord God, about, you know, what to do from this time. And I just pray that you are just in the center of it all. And, um, yeah, you just, you just have your way in this situation. Amen. Amen. Cool. Well, this morning I'm uh, excited to come and bring the word as I usually am. I'm an excitable character, and um, I'll, I'll try and do my best this morning not to get too, ex- too excited, because um, I've got a bit of a sore throat, so I don't want to cough, cough all over you. So this morning, my message um, title is, Jesus is for all, come and see. And um, I've got a cool little PowerPoint presentation behind me that um, Luke's going to follow on with us this morning. So today I'm going to have a, have a look at what the Bible says about loving the lost um, and encourage us um, to ask God to, to set a fire. Um, we sang that song this morning for a reason because, you know, I, I asked that. Um, can we sing that song? Because I really want to do something at the end of this service where we can really encourage each other and, and our spirits and our souls to be able to, you know, get a fire for the people in our, our lives that maybe don't know Jesus Christ, that, that maybe, you know, aren't connected um, to a church. And, and I'll let you know more about that later on um, in my message. But, you know, I want to encourage us this morning to seek God, to ask Him to set a fire inside of each and every one of us, our friends, families, 
and for the people in our world. So basically, that's what um, my message is going to be about this morning, and um, I'll just hopefully bring a, a few practical things that we can do, um, that we can show the world that Jesus is for all, and we want them to come and see. So just let me pray. I just thank you, God, for this opportunity that you give us, Lord God, to be at church this morning. I just pray that you can just speak through me this morning, Lord God, and as a church, we can just be open to your spirit moving this morning, that our hearts and minds are open, Lord God, that you know, we want the best from you, and um, we can leave this place a little bit more like you, a little bit more on fire for you, and uh, have, a, have a passion, Lord God, for those people in our lives. Amen. Amen. Cool. Hey, I just wanted to start off as well. Where's Hannah? You did really well this morning. Yeah. Give her a clap. That was awesome. It was great, great worship time, and God really, really ministered. Oh, thank you so much, Dorothy. I do. Thank you. Spit. I want to stick this in the water. My Brittany mic. Awesome. Okay. So a few weeks ago, uh, I don't know if you were here at church, but um, ACC bought out a newsletter, and it was cool, and they, they put some statistics in this, in, this, um, in this ACC newsletter about the church and about attendance at church and about how the, the ACC movement, that's, that's our movement, that's, that's what we belong to, uh, is, you know, the, the largest of the Pentecostal movements in, in Australia, which oh, I'm excited about and I'm so excited that I can be a part of that. And talked about how, you know, the, the Pentecostal, you know, church is, is the second largest um, church in Australia, outside of the Catholic Church. I'm like, you know, that, that is awesome. That, that's great. And he, he's, he brought a few statistics, you know, talking about um, people that are interested in church, that aren't interested in church, that attend church. <clears throat> and we kind of came to the conclusion that about 9 out of 10 people say that the church is good and relevant. So 9 out of 10 people that were surveyed in Australia, obviously it wasn't every single person in Australia, but with the the, the survey that they did, nine out of ten people said, you know what, the church is a good thing. It's a good thing for my community. I don't hate the church. Um, I'm not anti-church. It, it's a good thing. So my question that I've been asking ever since I heard that statistic is, well, where the hell are they? <laughs> you know, why aren't they in the church then? You know, if they think it's a good thing, if they think it's a a great thing for your community, it's good for maybe my kids, or it's, it's a good thing, well, why don't they attend? Why aren't they in church? And I wanted to, yeah, start off today and just ask that question, why are they not in church? And I'm sure there are 365 million uh, different answers that someone that wasn't in church would give you. You know, there's all different um, answers why someone wouldn't attend a church why they don't have a relationship with God. And you know what? Every single one of those, those reasons is valid to that person. So I'm not saying that you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bad thing that they're not in the church, but I just think as the church, that's you and me, not the building, it's you and me. We are the church. You know, why aren't our friends and family and the people in our life that don't hate what we do, um, why, why don't they come and do it with us? Why aren't they a part of of, of what we're, we're doing together as, as a family. Um, and so if 9 out of 10 people don't hate the church and they think it's a good thing to have in their community, how can we get these people into churches? Um, not necessarily Baylife Church, into churches. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's a kingdom focus. Uh, I understand that we cannot have every single person in Port Stephens 
in our church, even though I would love that to happen. I understand that, you know, that, that won't happen because that's why there's multiple different churches because everyone has a different relationship with God. But how can we encourage these people to get into churches and have a thriving relationship with Jesus Christ? And, you know, I want to be a church that, that is accepting um, of everyone, that we, we aren't a church that says this type of person cannot attend Baylife Church. I don't, I don't want to be part of a church like that. And, and I'm sure you know, that, that's part of our DNA, that we are accepting to any person in this world, that you do not have to have your life all together to come to this church. Amen, because I wouldn't be here. Um, and yeah, I want to you know, be a church that people feel like they're included and welcomed, when they, and they're, they're actually welcome to come and check out what we're doing. And you know, for us to do this, I think that, you know, the, of today, um, there could be a few things, three things that I want to have a look at that we, can, that we can do to see this happen. That if nine out of ten people think the church is a good thing, but only, I think it was two out of five attend on a, I don't know if that was a regular basis or not, I didn't um, look into it that far, but it said two out of, two out of five people um, attend church, and that's, I think, all churches. Um, throughout um, Australia, so it's Catholic Church, Pentecostal Church, Anglican, Anglican Church, Baptist Church, all the different denominations. Um, if only two, two out of five are ten, but nine out of ten say it's a good thing, then I reckon, I believe, that as the church, we can be doing more to be encouraging these people to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, to come into the family, and to, um, to get involved. Yeah? All right, so my point number one, <coughs> excuse me, I think the first thing that we need to do as a church is we need to understand that the church is for everyone, so the church and Jesus is for everyone, not just Christians. That the church and Jesus is for everyone and not just for Christians. And when, when I say, you know, the word Christians, you know, that can mean so many different things for so many different people what a Christian actually is. But I think in the past, both the church and the unchurched may have had this perception that, you know what, the church and Jesus is just for those people that believe in him or that are interested in attending. And I think that is such a, a dangerous and a wrong philosophy of life because if, if, if we're saying that Jesus is only for the people that believe in him and if we're saying the church is only for the people that actually um, you know, believe in, believe in him, then all we're really being is, I don't know, like a little, little clique of people saying, you can't join my group because you, you don't believe what I believe. And I don't believe that's what the church is. And if we, if we have a look at it in the Bible, let's have a look at what Jesus, or the Bible says about this. In Colossians 3.11, it says, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uns, uncivilized, it's me, um, slave or free, Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. That, that Jesus is for all of us. He lives inside all of us. doesn't matter if you're a Jew, Gentile, circum, uncircumcised, um, barbaric, un, uh, uncivil, uncivilized, a slave, or you're free. And I'm, in, in, in the Bible, that would have been all groups of, of people, you know, Back in, the, back in the Bible days, it doesn't matter because Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. 
In 2 Corinthians 5.15, he says, He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was, and, and was raised for them. And the first part of that, that, that verse says, He died for everyone. Can everyone say everyone? Not just for the people who say, Okay, I'm going to believe in him. That's when he died for me. No, he died for everyone anyway. He died for every single person on this earth. And then it's our responsibility to accept that. And I was, this isn't in my notes, but I was talking to, to, my, to uh, the youth ministry the other night, and I was talking about religion versus Christianity and about how religion is all about what I have to do to get to God. Everything that I have to do to get to God, where Christianity is the complete opposite. It's everything that Jesus has done or God has done to get to us. So religion's about rules and regulations and behavior modification and everything that we have to do to be a Christian. Where really, that is not Christianity because Christianity is all about Jesus Christ and all about what God did and what Jesus did on the cross to get to us. Just a different mindset to think about that. You know, I heard an interview um, once between a, I heard about, I didn't hear the interview, but I heard about an interview. Um, and it was between a pastor of, of a big church in America and a CEO of a massive uh, multinational corporation. And the CEO said to, to the, said to this pastor, do you believe that you have the best product in Jesus Christ? So this CEO is obviously a businessman and he, he wasn't a Christian. And he said, do you actually believe that you have the best product in Jesus Christ? Do you actually believe that? And, and, that, and he said, do you believe that everyone needs him and that he will, he will change the face of the, face of the world forever? And, and the pastor answered, of, of course I do. You know, Jesus is the best product out. He said, of course I believe that. And the CEO went on and said, he said, well, all I do sell a product to the world that will give people temporary pleasure that everybody does not need and will never change the face of this earth. But on average, my company puts in 40 times the amount of money, time and effort to get my product into the homes of these people than the church does. Why is this? And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that our church is necessarily a product. I'm not saying that that's the way that we need to think about our church, but I think it's a really good question that this guy asked. Why is it that companies and corporations in the world put in billions and billions and billions of dollars, time and effort, to get their product into the homes of the world? And Christians don't. I actually believe, I don't know about you, but I actually believe Jesus is the best product in the world. <laughs> that Jesus is the best thing in the world for this world and is the only thing that will ever change the face of this planet. Amen? He's the only thing that will ever do that. That there's nothing else in this world that will ever change someone's heart except for Jesus Christ. So I actually believe that what we have as the church is the best possible thing in the world. I believe it. It's the best thing. And I want to encourage us today to have a think about what are we doing 
to actually get Jesus into the lives of the people in our world. So point number one is the church in Jesus is for everyone, not just the Christians. And I think that's just the first thing that we need to understand. To be able to, to, be able to reach this world, to be able to, to get the people into our church, into, into churches around this world, and, and to be able to get them to have a, a thriving, living relationship with Jesus Christ, we need to understand that he's just not for me. He is for everyone. Point number two is that we need to be a light. We need to actually be the person in this world. If we actually want to get you know, the, the, the nine out of ten people in, into, into, into churches, into relationship with Jesus Christ, we actually need to be the person that Jesus has called us to be here on this earth. And, and everyone knows the verse in, in, in Matthew 5.14. It says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house to see. I hope you're getting this, this language this morning about everyone and everybody. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. It's just not for you and me. Jesus isn't just for you and for me. Yes, he is for you and for me, but it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. And I think sometimes um, something that can happen in, in life when we become a Christian and we start to, to live a life and we start to come to church and, and you know, we accept Jesus into our life to become a Christian, I think what can happen sometimes is that we can separate our lives and we can separate our working life and um, we can separate our sport life and we can separate our, our Christian life. And what we can do is we can have our little our Christian life up here and this is my thing, this is the thing that I do, um, this, is, this is my walk with Jesus and this is the life that, that I live and, and this, is, this, is, this is my thing, but you know, and the, I don't, I'm not going to bring this into the rest of my world. And I think that to, for us to be able to impact this world, for us to be able to reach the world, what we need to, to be is, is this verse, be a light to the world so everyone can see. Let our good deeds shine in everything that we do so that people will come to know Jesus Christ. And I think it's a danger that... Everyone can fall into this trap. It's like, you know, you're talking with people, and I'm not saying you need to Bible bash people. I'm not saying every conversation you have, you need to, you know, see the devil in the door handle, and, and you just need to be weird. I'm not, I'm not telling you to be that, because if we're going to be weird, we're not going to be relevant, and people aren't going to want to be in our church. But what I'm saying is that we need to get our Christian life into everything that we do. That it's just not my thing, like, you know, you're having a conversation with a friend or something, and it's like, oh, I'd like to tell them about the church, but, you know, that's kind of my thing. That's kind of the thing that, that I do. It's just kind of my thing, and I don't want to um, necessarily offend them um, in talking about the church. Well, if you, if you look at the statistics, then you're going to be pretty unlucky if you find one that hates the church, if nine out of ten actually don't think it's a bad thing. So, what we can do is separate. This is my thing that I do. This is my relationship with God. And I'm not going to offend people by talking about it. 
I don't believe that's how Jesus intended for us to, to outlive our Christian life. You know, people can look at us and go, wow, he's a really good person, but I've got no idea why until the day that you actually say, oh, yeah, I go to Bailiff Church and, you know, I, I, love, I love God and, yes, it's great. And like, oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. You can just leave it at that. But then it's continually doing that in every single situation that you're in, that you're bringing, you're bringing God into every single situation and circumstance and, and part of your life. And I know this is a hard thing to do. And it, there has to be a balance that, you know, if, if, if Ray's going to go sell a house and he goes up to someone and goes, hi, I'm a Christian. Um, would you like to come buy this house off me? Maybe that could be like, whoa, that was a bit upfront. <laughs> but maybe it might be, hey, how you going? I'm Ray. I'd love to come show you this house. And, you know, he's, you know, I've known Ray for a while. You know, he's an integrous man. And, and, he, and, he, and he does these, you know, lives his life a certain way that people look at him and go, you know what? He's a good guy. He's, he's a bit different. To the, to the rest of it. And, you know, they keep talking. Oh, by the way, you know, I go to, I go to church on a Sunday. They're like, oh, that's what it is. He's a Christian. And then through that opens doors for us to be able to evangelize to our friends and our family. That when we keep our Christian life to ourselves, when we keep our Christian walk to ourselves, when we keep Jesus to my thing, it's going to stop everyone. It's going to stop all. It's going to stop people from getting into our church, Bailiff Church. It's going to stop people from getting their lives right with Jesus because you know what? I was having this conversation the other day that Jesus isn't around anymore. Yeah, he lives inside of us, but the physical Jesus guy isn't here walking down the road, standing up on the rocks at Fisherman's Bay going, come and listen to me preach because I've got a great message for you. He's, he's, not, he's not around anymore that he can, he can walk down and, and heal that person. He's not around anymore where he can go and do this good deed for that person down the road. He's, he's not there. But guess where he is? He's in you and he's in me. And we are the church. We are the body of Christ. And without us, Reaching the world, I guarantee you the multinational corporation isn't going to do it. I guarantee you MTV isn't going to do it. I guarantee you Hollywood's not going to do it. It has to be us, church. It has to be us. It has to be us. You know, I want to look at a, have a look at a parable. Um, and it's the parable of the Good Samaritan. And this is just maybe a, a thought about you know, how we can be living our, our lives in, in the community. And the parable is based on a question. And, and the question came from uh, a Jewish leader. And, and basically, um, he said, you know, what do I have to do to inherit the, the kingdom of heaven? Um, something along those lines. And Jesus said, well, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And anyway, um, then he talked about, you know, you need to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And, and I heard the other day that this religious guy thought he was pretty smart. So he asked another question to Jesus and said, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus responded with a story. Love to tell a story. Best storyteller in the world. 
And he said a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. Uh, But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him laying there. But he also passed by on the other side of the road. Then... I'm guessing what this guy is about to think is he's going to say, oh, a Jewish man came up to him and, and, and fixed him up. And, and just the average Joe Blow that lived his life came and, and fixed this guy up. I'm guessing that's what he was thinking. Because to talk about Samaritans to a Jew is like a good Samaritan is like me saying a good terrorist. That, that's kind of the, the, same, the same parallel in today's, today's day. And basically what, 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 this, what Jesus said next offended the, Jew, the Jewish mindset. It offended the, the Jewish mindset. And, and today, I don't want to offend you, but I hope maybe I, I, I might offend some mindsets that you have in your life to, to want to do what Jesus has called us to do in this world. To go out and reach our community. That, that's our, that's our, our, our mission statement as a church, to reach our community to go and reach our community. What he said, he said, then a despised Samaritan came along and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with, with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, uh, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. And Jesus turned back to this guy and said, Now, which one of the three would you say was a neighbor to the man who attacked the bandits? And the man couldn't even say the Samaritan, but he said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, Go and do the same. Cracking. This is embarrassing. Brittany Mike <laughs> did the death of me. Go and do the same. Go and do the same. There we go. It's on. It's on. We awake. Good. Go and do the same. Go and do the same for everyone in this world. Go and show mercy on this world. Go and be that person that God has called us to be. Number one, the church and Jesus is not just for Christians, it's for everyone. We need to be a light in this world. We need to bring Jesus. We can't separate our Christian life and the rest of the life that we live. We can't do it. And we need to be inviters. We need to invite people, I reckon. And I have an analogy that I understand that it, I, I say this to, to, to my youth ministry every now and again. And, um, they say it's so hard to invite my friends to come to youth. And I understand that. You know, sometimes, you know, I think a lot of it um, comes from they don't actually know that they attend in the first place. And it's like, well, why am I actually going to come? Because I didn't even know you go there. Um, it's like, oh, Cota Bay, come, come to Ignite Youth on Friday night. Oh, do, do you go there? 
yeah, I'll see you there. Oh, okay, cool. That might be, you know, an easier thing to do. Um, but I've got this thing. It's like a, a TV salesman. If you go into a shop and you go ask or you're just looking around and, and, and this TV salesman comes up to you and says, hey, mate, you want some help? And I say, no, it's all good. Thanks, mate. I guarantee you he doesn't go around in the corner and cry. Go, oh, my gosh, he said no. Oh, no, I'm never going to be able to see it on TV to anyone ever again because he said no. He doesn't want my help. And I think sometimes that as, as the church, we can get into this mindset that we ask someone once to come to church and it didn't work. So we put it in the too hard basket and say, that doesn't work. I'm never going to do that again. I guarantee you the next time I walk back into that shop, the same guy is going to come up to me and say, hey, mate, you want a hand? Hey, mate, do you want a hand? Hey, mate, do you want a hand? Do you know why he does that? Because that's what he's paid to do, but he wants to sell the TV. He actually wants the sale. And I'm not saying that a salvation is like the sale, a sale of a TV. But all I'm saying is that I want to do everything in my power in my life to ask as many people as I can, do you need help? Can I help you with that? Do you, do, do you need something there? Do, do you want to come along to church with me? Do you need to know Jesus Christ? Why don't, you, why don't you come along and just check it out? Come and see. Come and see what we do. Come and see what we do. And they might say no, but it's okay because you can ask them again and you can ask them again and you can do it again and again and again until they're like, okay, yeah, I might come check it out today. I might come check it out today. And who knows what God has done in their life from the first time that you are, you've asked them and, and you've been praying for them. You've been praying for that person. I'm going to be talking about that in a second. Who knows what God's done in that person's life in the process? You know, we've probably got around, I don't know, 260-ish, give or take, you know, people in our church. And I remember Greg said this back when we were in like this hall like ages ago. He said this ages ago. And he said, and if we get into groups of three, because right, I believe we're gonna, our church is going to grow, yeah? Like, I believe that all these seats are going to be full and we're going to have to put more seats in the building because if we're actually going to, to do what Jesus called us to do in this, in this community, the church is going to grow. We will be starting second services. You know, we will have um, extension services. We, we will plant churches. You know, the Baylife Church is so much more than what it is right now. And when I say Baylife Church, that's us. And, and I think it's so important that we get a heart for our church. We get a heart for what God could actually do in this place. Because if we're just turning up and making Sunday service my thing, then the church probably won't necessarily be all that it can. And when, I'm not talking about the organization. I'm, I'm talking about you and me. We're not going to be all that we can be. And Greg said, if we get into groups of three, and one person out of that group of three invites someone to church and, and they, they, you know, give their lives to God and, and, they can, and they can get connected in the church. One person out of that group a year. So it's not every person in that group, but it's one person in that group a year invites disciples and they engage. Then in three years, if each one of those people in your group does that for three years, and one of the person brings them. In three years, our church will triple in size. To me, that doesn't sound too hard. 
You know, for me to say, to stand up here and go, you know what, church? I want our church to triple in the next three years. Everyone's going to be like, whoa, that's a bit, bit of a big call. Come on, Clummy. That's a, that's a, that's a big, big statement. But you know what? I'm not going to be the one that does it. It's going to be you guys. Because when we all get a heart for our community, when we get a heart for our friends and family, and, and actually be these people that God has called us to be, and we start inviting these people into our church, that's when it's going to grow. That's when we're going to see those people you're praying for give their lives to God. And I'm not saying that numbers, it's all about numbers. Okay, we get caught up in the numbers game, it's a dangerous place to be. But if we're being effective in what we're doing, if we're being effective in, in building relationships and discipling and inviting people to our church, and our church grows, or when our church grows, and when we start to see, you know, our friends and family in this place, then guess what? Numbers do matter because it equals people going to heaven. It equals my brother not going to hell. That's what it equals. And, and when it comes down to it, that's, that's, I know it's, I'm not preaching turn or burn, but in, in, in reality, that's kind of what the Bible tells us. So I think it's so important that as a church, each other, we can do this. And if we, if we break our community up into four groups of people, just real quickly, we can break them up into, into non-believers, I suppose. We can break them up into people that, that are not interested in the church at all, that hate, hate religion. I love it when someone asks me if I'm religious because I'm like, nah, I hate religion. They're like, what? Aren't you a pastor? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> hate religion. Love Jesus, but <laughs> kind of throws their mindset around a little bit. Um, so, you know, you can have non-believers. You can have people who are interested. You know, that's that nine out of ten. People that are interested in the, the church, in a God, in, in, in some form of Jesus. That excites me, that number, guys. Nine out of ten. And I, I, it, it excites me. It's like the, the, parable of the parable of the lost coin, the lost sheep, that Jesus will do anything in Luke 15. He'll do anything to get that one back home. He'll pick him up, put him on, put him on his shoulders, and carry him the whole way home. You know, he's not happy with 99%. And I don't think we should be either. I don't think we should be happy with that. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm getting strategic. And, you know, in the, in the next year or so, with a group of people, I want to start a ministry of our church that is reaching out to these people that are interested. That maybe from being interested in coming to church is, is a big jump, and that's okay. But I want to get strategic in this, and I want to start a ministry of our church that is actually engaging these people. You know, maybe something like an Alpha course or something along those sides where we can be inviting our friends to, these, to, this, to this program, to this ministry, where we can say, hey, this isn't church. It's just come along for a feed and a life group, watch a DVD, and get to know a little bit more about who Jesus is. That's just the, that's something that, 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 that I'm going to be rolling out, um, you know, over the next, I don't know how long it's going to be, but, you know, Keep your ears out for it because it's going to be cool. And I would love it to be a resource for you to bring your friends to this place. I hope you're getting my heart here this morning that I can't necessarily reach your workmates. 
has to be you. We have to get a heart for them. We have to understand that Jesus actually is for everyone, just not for me. This is, this is my favorite group. Believers, and God's been breaking my heart for these, for these people. Believers that are not living the life that God has actually intended them to live and aren't connected to the church. And if I say, just think of someone that you know that's a Christian that doesn't attend church. I guarantee you, you could think of probably five like that. That someone that you know believes in God, that doesn't hate the church, or maybe they do hate the church, but maybe maybe uh, they don't hate God, they don't hate Jesus. But it's just not the lifestyle that they're living. You know, this is the, the group that, that really, really God's been placed in my heart. Because I think what we can do is we can get into a mindset of, you know what, well, that guy had his chance. He blew it. You know, that guy or girl was coming to church, but they don't come anymore, but, you know. And we can we can judge and <laughs> I've done that. We can judge or we can we can we can think that oh well they're saved so it's all right. But I don't actually believe that that's the life that God's called them to live. I believe that God has so much more for that person. And have a look at this verse that I found in James five. I think I've got a screen for it. It says uh, James five nine eight to twenty. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be assured that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. And this is the, the version that I love the most. It's in, it's in the message. It says, my dear friends, if you know people, if you know people who have wandered off from God's truth, don't write them off. How good is that? Don't write them off. Go after them. Get them back and you, ha- and you will have rescued precious lives from destruction and preventing an epidemic of wandering away from God. You know, I reckon that's exactly what we have in the world today. An epidemic of people that don't hate God, that don't hate Jesus. But we have an epidemic of people that wander away from God because of so many reasons. And I'm not saying that the reasons are bad. We're not judging those people. But what the Bible's telling us is that we don't write those people off. We go after them. We get them back in. And I want to encourage you this week, who can you be praying for in your life, building a relationship with, maybe again? Maybe you had a relationship with someone that you don't see anymore because they don't go to your church anymore or to a church anymore. Who can we be reigniting these relationships with and encouraging them to go after them and get them back? Amen? I know this, 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 this is, I hope it's a tough message because I really, really, really am excited about it. Because I'm not, I'm not happy to see people not know Jesus Christ. Uh, it's just it's just who I am. I'm not happy about it. I want our community to know who Jesus Christ is. And as I said before, I understand we cannot get 100% of the people in here. But boy, I bet we can be doing better than what we're doing. I can be doing better than what I'm doing. I can stop putting my God bubble in my own thing and say this is my thing and start to put it into other people's lives. And start to have those conversations and get bold. And invite. 
And number four are Christians, or followers of Christ, we could call them. They're following, doing the stuff that God has called them to do with their life. And, you know, I think that we, that's, that's us, we need to get passionate for what we have. We need to get passionate about what we have. We need to get passionate about Bay Life Church. We need to get passionate about our Jesus. We need to get passionate about what we have because I believe it's the best thing in the world. I don't know about you, but I believe it. We need to be inviters. We need to, we need to invite people into this place. Bring them. Pick them up in the morning. Send a text message. Say, hey, don't forget, church, 10 a.m. And let's cheer each other on. You know, when we see someone bring someone to church for the first time, let's cheer each other on and say, whoa, high five, good work. Let's encourage each other in that. Because when we're keeping each other accountable, guys, we're a family in this place. It's not like you own a seat. That, that, that's your place. You know, we're a family here at Bay Life Church. And I think we need to be encouraging each other and cheering each other on and going, come on, church, we can do it. Let's do it. Because when we get to that place in our lives, I guarantee you we're going to start, you're going to start to see, you know, the, the plan and the purpose that God placed in your life. Because he's planned and placed you in people's lives for a reason, that he hasn't placed me. It's just as the band comes this morning. I got three really quick practical things that, that we can do. Number one, I think is the most important thing that we can be doing in this whole thing is prayer. That we need to pray frequently. We need to pray frequently for the people in our life that don't know God. And I know this is, this is an easy message to put in the too hard basket. It is. Because it puts us out. It makes us vulnerable. It, it, it makes us have to think about other people. It, it's going to cost us time. It's going to cost us effort. It's going gonna, it's gonna to probably cost us money. Shouting them all those coffees. Petrol. It's going to cost us guarantee you but is it worth it it's so worth it because when we see a family and going to cry through this, so bear with me. <laughs> I got to baptize my brother two weekends ago. You know, it just wasn't me. I can't take the credit, but that's what life's all about, church. <laughs> For me, anyway. <laughs> Who have you got in your life? 
guarantee you got someone. Your friends, your family, you got so many people in your life that don't know Jesus Christ. They don't hate the church, but they're just not living the life that God's called them to. They're just not, you know, you know what they don't have because you've got it. You know what they don't have. Why wouldn't we want them to have it? And the only way it's going to happen is if we make it happen. We, we, we got to do everything that we can, everything that we can. Everything in our power, in our humanly strength. I know that God does the saving. I know that. I know that God's the one that changes the heart. God's the one that does it all. But he has to use us. He has to use us. And I want to call us, church, this morning to this purpose. To start being a church that invites our friends and family into this place. Because I reckon it's the best place to be in this family on a Sunday morning. I know that if you get your friends connected into this place, their life is going to change. I know it. Because it changed my life. It changed my brother's life. It's changed so many people's lives forever. You're probably one of them. Come on, let's let's not be selfish about this thing and let's let's get out there. You know, our pastors are away for six weeks. Imagine in six weeks' time when they come back, if Greg's like, What is going on in this place? Why are there more seats in the building? Why what is going on? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's pray frequently for our friends, our families. Let's position ourselves frequently in these people's lives, bringing Jesus into their circumstances. And let's not be afraid. The final step is the hardest one. The hardest one is to say, hey, why don't you come and do it with me? Why don't you come and do it with me? It's the hardest one to do, but I reckon, church, we can do it. I believe that we can do it. And I reckon that we champion our friends on to do it. Maybe you might have a friend that you know knows someone. Why don't you encourage them to do it? Let's be a church of inviters. Let's be a church that understands that Jesus is for everyone. And we're not going to be satisfied until they're all in his kingdom. This morning. I just want to do something. And I just want God to move because I've ran it and raved for a while. But I want God to do something in your life this morning because I know I can jump up and down and say this until I'm blue in the face. But unless God breaks your heart for your friends and your family and your community, there's nothing that I can physically say to make you do it. Maybe you might go do it once, but you'll forget about it. You need your heart broken for your friends. You need to understand the severity of what it's all about. And this morning, we're going to sing a song. We're going to sing Set a Fire Down in My Soul. We just sung it before. And as we're singing this song this morning, I want you to ask God to break your heart for the lost. I want you to ask God this morning and pray for those people in your life during this song. Get strategic about the ones that you're going to start to, to start getting into their lives. It's going to start trying to bring them along. 
I'm going to start inviting them to come and do this life with you. I know we've all got someone, everyone in this room, could think of one person right now that God can put, drop in your heart that you can pray for this week and next week. I'm not saying it's going to happen in a week. And I prayed for my brother for 10 years, but it was worth it. Let's stand. I'm just going to sing this song, and as we sing it, I just pray this morning. Just pray that God breaks your heart for your, for the lost. Break your heart for those people in your life that you know that need you. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.